NBA Australia. How are you going? How are you going? That's right. It is NBA Australia. It is Thursday, January 6th. I guess, is this holiday hump day? I don't know, man. I've lost all track of time. I'm still on holidays. That's right. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. Not during my holidays, bro. Here in Chateau de l'Amour Studios down in Lawn, hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season. Oh, man. Stuff's going on. You love to see it. And we're here to talk about it. That's right. And we also rep Australia a little bit. That's what we do. And we don't take things too seriously around here. We leave that for the nerds. I'm on holiday, so I don't take anything seriously at the moment. <laughs> it's awesome. Yep. Uh, so it's still 2022. That checks out. Uh, I don't know. Novak Djokovic, not allowed in the country. You love to see that. I don't know, man. We had Dirk Fest. That was sick. And I don't know, a bunch of... Jingles got the cocoa. So we're going to talk about all that and all the latest NBA news and junk as well as the last few days' worth of games in the NBA Australia game wraps. We're going to be a juicy slab of that's not a knife for you. Old mate, no mate, spud of the night, better than the ones that ball dickhead of the week. And we've got yeah, Nas, we've got the unpopular opinion of the day, and we've got our back take house, where we're serving up a flame grilled take. Oh yeah, guess what? Kyrie came back, so uh, a couple of thoughts about that. The Australian Player Watch, we've got a Shane Hill shoot a shoot, shoot a shot, shoot him up, light him up award. Double award, you love to see that too. And a bit of a uh, tribute to Dirk in the Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Award. And uh, what else? NBA Australia Game Reviews and Picks for the entire weekend. That'll be good. Friday and the weekend. Juice. Because I reckon next time we uh, pop back up, we'll be uh, out of holiday mode. We'll be back in Melbs. Oh, jeez. Oh, I want to go home, bro. Anyway, episode 731 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, oh, you better watch out for the attack of the, uh, what, incompetent government agencies, if you're Novak Djokovic, or if you're the commentators from today's second game, uh, Nikola Djokovic. Oh, fuck me. Can you believe some of these dickheads are out here getting paid to call NBA games, and they keep mixing up jo- Jokic and Djokovic? What the fuck are we doing? Anyway... Let's start today's show the way we start every show here in NBA Australia with the daily whip around. And uh, I'll tell you what, the latest news, Dirk Nowitzki got his jersey retired and a bit of a tear-jerking goddamn ceremony. His, uh, Cuban, his old mate Cuban got up there, unveiled the statue that they're going to have of Dirk at the front of the uh, American Airlines Arena in there in Dallas, which is a lovely arena, by the way. I've been there twice. And... Um, that entranceway would really look good with an awesome statue of Dirk in it. You know, so that's kind of gnarly. Don't know why he's uh, shooting a bunch of anal beads out of his hands, but uh, we'll figure that one out. Anyway, but that was great. It was good to see Dirk up there paying tribute to all his coaches, all his teammates, all the people who got him that. Uh, got him to where he was. And it's just like one of those awesome little stories of just insane work ethic, insane perseverance, and incredible talent. And the fact is, he just seems like a fucking legendary dude, you know? And if you listen to Chris Anstey talk about Dirk, who he, uh, you know, became quite close with in his NBA time and ever since then as well, like, just seems like an absolute fucking stand-up legend. So, love Dirk, uh, one of my all-time favorite players. And I reckon for a lot of us who grew up in the 80s and 90s and got into basketball that way, Dirk and his reign of terror, (laughs) I guess that is, like, when that sort of culminated in the 2006 finals, when he loses to Miami in just horrible fashion, 
I reckon like that would have been like his MVP run the year after them losing to the We Believe Warriors. Like it was a weird two year period where if you weren't into basketball, you're just like, oh, god damn. David Stern is slipping. How does he let this happen? <laughs> I mean, Miami winning that title in 06 was a fucking farce. It was nothing but D-Way driving to the basket, getting fouled, shooting free throws. It was a horror show. And, of course, the 07 one. It's like Dirk was basically crowned at that point and it looked like he sort of fell off that sort of proverbial cliff, but then he clawed back in extremely amazing fashion, wins the title in 2011, which we'll get to later. And it's one of the more gratifying, amazing vibes, I think, sitting there watching as a fan. And, like, I've always had a soft spot in my hat for Dallas. If you listen to this show from the start, you might remember, like, growing up a Seattle Supersonics fan like myself, I always still did love the Triple J Dallas Mavs, right? So Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, and uh, what's his name? Fucking Jim Jackson. And you're like, these guys are fun. They suck. But God damn, it was cool. Like, they were just cool. Always loved Dallas all the way through. And then obviously Chris Anstey playing there, having an Australian connection. And then Dirk, Steve Nash, it was just such a cool story. And sort of alluding to this idea of, like, being an NBA fan in the thousands. Like, Dirk was kind of like this weird shining beacon as he got better and better and better and won an MVP in just incredible fashion, but never got over the hump. You're just like, oh my God, is this going to be how it's all written? Is this how it ends? The fact that he won the title in 2011 and kept playing, ends up playing for 21 seasons, ends up what, finishing in fucking 2019 is incredible. And uh, I just love Dirk. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you tell? I've just been yelling about Dirk for ages. So, But that was awesome to see the 41 lifted up to the rafters there in Dallas. You love it. I absolutely loved it, and I hope you did. If you didn't, what are you doing? Uh, other news, Jingling Joe Ingles. Well, COVID just got jingled, is what I'm looking at this from. Like, Joe Ingles got COVID, but this is more the proverbial COVID may have just gotten Joe Ingles. So we'll see what happens to COVID. Like, if it drops off dramatically after this, I wouldn't be that surprised. He's the first jazz player, which is pretty gnarly. Uh, Matisse Tybel also back in the protocols. Now, this is one of those weird things where you look at the protocols and you're like, oh, shit. Matisse has already been there. Had, has he already dealt with Delta or like, you know, <laughs> what was it? Like COVID 1.0. And now he's got the Omicron. What is going on? The Omi? You got that Omi? You got that Omicron per CIA? Where's that? Anyway, either way, prayers up for Matisse. Prayers up for Jingles. Hopefully they're right. And of course, prayers up for Dante. Because Barcelona also announced that he is in their uh, COVID protocols over there in Spain. Which is pretty crazy because he's been playing, you know, during the weird sort of Spanish basketball season. They're kicking ass in EuroLeague as well as Barcelona. And his plan is still to get back to the NBA after his, like, sort of three-month stint in Spain. So hopefully Dante's all right. The other news was the big one. Kyrie, he's back. But the bigger news for me is that Lance, Lance, make him dance. Lance Stevenson was also back today playing in Indy in front of his hometown. Well, not hometown because he's from Brooklyn. But... Going up against Kyrie, he had Lance Lance make him dance going absolutely fucking spare and scoring 20 points in the uh, first quarter. The most by anyone off the bench in NBA history. That is fucking gnarly. But Kyrie came back first time as a part-time player because he can't play in New York under the city's vaccination rules, which makes fucking sense. And because he's a moron, he hasn't gotten vaccinated. So blow it out your ass, Kyrie. Fuck him. Talk about him later. Either way, Clay looks like he's going to be back this Sunday. That's the plan. Kind of excited for that. 
Only because he's on, I think, every single fantasy team I have. <laughs> oh, jeez. Dame! He's out for another three games at least with his abdominal tendinopathy. That's his weird sort of uh, abdominal strain and all that sort of stuff, which sucks. That's three home games against Miami, Cleveland, and Sacramento for Dame. It's a bit shit. It's real shit. Because you think about Portland, if they're healthy, what noise can they make at the moment? Uh, I talked about this last week. In terms of like... Winners and losers, the Portland Trailblazers are massive, massive losers just in general at the moment because the pack keeps getting further away from them and they are still only one game up on the Thunder and one and a half games up on the Pelicans basically from slipping all the way to 14th in the West. Dame's out for another week. CJ McCollum might be back soon. Chauncey Billups wasn't entirely sure when. But you remember CJ had the collapsed lung. This feels very much like the, you know, the snake bit year for Portland. And, you know, which is weird because Portland is always snake bit. So to have this still be a fucking snake bit year when you're always snake bit, that's like double snake bite. That's insane. It's like getting one of those at the bar. Do you ever have a snake bite? Those fucking sucked. Anyway, as a bartender, I hated making them too. Anyway, uh, so Dane being out stinks. Zion, he's rehabbing away from the team. It's good to see Woj pop up with a report about this. He's like... Yeah, he's like in Portland, bro. And everyone's like, what? He's in Portland, Oregon. He's like, yep, rehabbing away from the team. The team were pretty cool with it. And uh, it was interesting. So they announced, since we notified everyone December 16 of his latest imaging, it was decided then by our medical team to dial his rehab back to only partial weight-bearing activities. Which, for Zion, I just assume means getting out of bed. Uh, (laughs) He continues along that path, said David Griffin. We also agreed that in order to put Zion in the best position to succeed, he will rehab away from the team at this time so he can focus on the task at hand. Sure. AKA, he's not playing this year. <sighs> this stinks. Anyway, uh, other little bits of news. Coaches, uh, Mike, Mike Bouldenhoser was out today for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, obviously. And a couple of their other players got back into the protocols. It's just a bit shit. For the Nuggets, Mike Malone and David Adaman are in the protocols. That left uh, Popeye Jones as their coach, which is pretty gnarly. Vogel's back. Chauncey's back. We're still, you know, missing a few coaches here and there. But otherwise, I don't know. Bud's being in there pretty sucked. Oh, sucked a lot. I'll tell you that much. KPJ and Christian Wood, they both got suspended a game. You might remember this from the other day of them trying to punch on and fight John Lucas, one of the assistant coaches in Houston. Uh, They both got a one-game suspension for being fuckwits which checks out that it's Christian Wood and KPJ. And then, of course, KPJ came back today and hit a buzzer-beating game-winning three. Uh, Good things just happen to good people, don't they, sometimes? The Lakers! The Lakers! The Lakers. Uh, Bazemore and DeAndre Jordan are apparently on the trading block. Tee it up. Tee it up, Jimmy. Tee it up. Yeah, there you go. No shit. Uh, I think I tweeted out there's only four things you can rely on in this world. Number one, death. Number two, taxes. Number three, reflex. And number four, any team that has Kent Bazemore going, oh my God, I regret having Kent Bazemore on my team. That uh, goes to uh, show that, yeah, you can never rely on Kent Bazemore, (laughs) but you can rely on reflex. Uh, But either way, look, the reports are, and this is Windhorse, so this is basically a LeBron, you know, it's like LeBron's hand is all the way up Windhorse's ass, and he's like using his hands to like flap his gums, right? That's how it goes. So, 
you know, the, if it's coming from Windhorse and it's coming from LeBron, same with Dave McMenamin. And uh, so Windy's like, oh, yeah, God, well, LeBron's sick of Bazemore and thinks DeAndre's a fuckhead. So uh, they're both out of here. Yeah, cool. And there was also uh, some talk about some... Well, there was a covert talk, apparently, of trading Westbrook, uh, of course. So this is just LeBron just setting the staging ground for the eventual overhaul of this horrible, horrible, horrible Lakers team that he's stuck with at the moment. So uh, the fascinating part of that was a deal appears extremely unlikely before the trade deadline. It's like, yeah, no shit, because Westbrook sucks and he's owed a fuck ton of money. There's literally nobody can trade from him or trade for him except for John Wall. Ah, oh, sweet irony. Either way, uh, there's also, I love this tagline. There's some recognition that this hasn't gone as well as uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis had planned. No shit. This is what happens when you let fucking players run shit. They don't realize that people suck. It's like, oh man, he's a baller. He's a baller. This guy is a baller. Yeah, but he's also shit. <laughs> and in a surprise twist, Guess what happened when KD played with Rusty? They didn't win shit. What happened when Harden played with Rusty? Oh, they didn't win shit. Uh, Beal and Rusty? Yeah, guess what? They didn't win shit. Yeah, tough scenes. So as much as I love Rusty for being a chaos engine, if you want your team to be good, it's probably not great to have him on your team. The fact that he's on the Lakers just fills me with sheer childlike delight, however. So love that. Uh, Ben Simmons was also talked about this week. Uh... Basically, the there's four or five teams still interested in him, obviously. Apparently, Sacramento, they're kicking the tires. They're kind of like, wait a minute. Are we really going to fucking bend over backwards to not get Ben Simmons because we really want to keep Tyrus Halliburton? And they're like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe. So, so anyway, the reports were that Vivek Renadive is like, yeah, fuck it. Monty McNair, my GM, do what you got to do to make this team better, baby. And he's like, okay. And everyone's like, hang on a second. Why is Buddy Heald even still on this team? That's weird. Other news. The Players of the Week renounced Joel Embiid in the East and Donnie Mitchell in the West. They're the Players of the Month, rather, because uh, I was reading the wrong bit. Players of the Week were Ja Morant and DeMar DeRozan, which is awesome because Ja Morant was dunking on everybody, kicking ass, taking names, and all did all DeMar DeRozan did, DeMar DeRozan did, there you go, was uh, sink threes, break hearts, and uh, tell Cole Kuzma he's a fuckwit. So... Love to see that. But the news for us here in Australia, Rookie of the Month, back-to-back for the Giddy Man. Giddy up for the mop-top mumba. Josh Giddy, back-to-back, baby. Uh, he's out there leading all rookies in assists. Uh, third in rebounds, eight in scoring with 11 points a game. Uh, became the youngest player, obviously, in NBA history just the other day to score a triple-double, which is shook. And so throughout December, he averaged almost 12 points a game, seven rebounds, and almost seven assists. So... Nothing like a good 12-7-7 on yeah, Giddy up. And in the East, Franz Wagner had all one rookie of the month out there for the Magic Men. He averaged 19.5 points a game. That's fucking gnarly. Right. That's all the news. It's fit to print. I'm going to take a breather, and we'll be back with the game wraps right after this. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do it. Game wraps, 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 game wraps. And that's right, the game wraps are brought to you by, oh, that's right, our friends over at Manscaped. Yes, they're back. Love me a bit of Manscaped. Tell you what, it's because it's awesome. So in terms of Manscaped, all we have to say is Happy New Year's from our friends over at Manscaped. Because you know what they have in New York? They've got the big ball. The ball has dropped on 2021. 
but it doesn't mean you have to have the ball drop on your balls. You know what I'm saying? You don't want those balls dropping. So basically, what 2022 means is it's time to, for you to bring sexy back. Yes, just like Juzzy T. Step up your game with Manscaped, the performance package 4.0, and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the jewels. That's right, the family jewels. So go to manscaped.com, use the code STRAYA, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. It's a new year, it's a new you, and a new you means no pubes. Yes! Or at least, you know, trim them back. Come on, do yourself a favor. Jeez, I'll tell you what. It's 2022. What you can do is just like carve like a sick lightning bolt into them or whatever you want to do. Write your beloved's initials in there. Either way, it's time to rent. Look, if you've got New Year's resolutions, oh, I've got to, bro, I've got to exercise more. I've got to drink less. I've got to make sure that my nuts are nice and smooth. That's what I'm just saying. Like, you can also try to work out, get yourself a six pack. How about a six pack for your nuts? I mean, well, there's six essential tools, right, in this uh, awesome awesome package the performance package 4.0 i told you you get the lawnmower which is gnarly i always love the lawnmower you know that you've heard me yell about it it's amazing it's got the skin safe technology it's what i'm all about it also comes with the spotlight oh the light is amazing but it's also got the crop preserver it's got the crop reviver ball toner spray i love the ball toner spray jesus that'll sort your boys out and basically you can start your new year with a fresh set of testes all thanks to manscape that's right we're going to look after your sack They'll throw in the travel bag. It's awesome. Your basic... Look, 2022, when they think new year, new you, new pubes, off you go. This is what it's all about. <laughs> sort it out. I'm just saying. Just sort out your nuts. Sort out your junk. Get 20% off from free shipping with the code straight at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and so will anyone else who goes near them. You know that. So 20% off from free shipping with the code straight at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code, Strayer. Have no regrets in 2022. Thanks to our mates over at Manscaped. Love it. Absolutely love it. Right, so, with all that in mind, let's do these game previews. Philly beat Houston with an Embiid triple-double. How good was that? 31-15-10, Ooh, Washington, Charlotte. Oh, this was a huge game from Kuzma. 34, uh, 36-14-6. They just topped Charlotte with an amazing game. 124-121. Memphis beat the shit out of Brooklyn, 118-110. So this is back on Tuesday, remember? Jar with that vicious slam. Holy shit, coast to coast. He had 36-6-8 himself. He was awesome. Chicago, they beat Orlando, 1-2-198. That's the old Vooch revenge. 13-17 and 17 from him. I also love, though, on the other side, Wendell. Wendell Carter Jr. had a 21-10 revenge against his old team, too. Detroit, they beat the shit out of Milwaukee. What? 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 No. 115, 106. What the other bum fuck happened here, I ask you? Well, Deke. Big Deke Bay. Talk about a bloke who might need the manscape with that giant Deke of his. 34, 8, and 4. That's a career high for the Big Deke. And uh, it's the third time all season, I think, the Big Three with Milwaukee have lost. But Josh Jackson, Josh Pacey Jackson, uh, Trey Lyles, Killian Hayes, Saban Lee, and Magruder all came back from the protocols. Jackson dropped in 24. Cade Cunningham at 19, Lyles at 11. They shot 18 of 43 from downtown to Detroit. Yeah, that'll do it. Milwaukee missed everything they took. They went 11 of 46 on threes. So, yeesh. That's how you can, uh, how the team with the worst record can beat the team with one of the best. Just saying. Uh, Utah, they beat New Orleans 115-104, thanks to Donnie Mitchell with his 29. Dallas beat Denver in a really, really good game, 103-89. 
This was close, then Dallas just put the fucking pedal to the metal, and off they went. That's exactly what happened today as well against the Warriors. Luca had 21, 8, and 15. Joker had 27, 16, and 3. Awesome battle of the uh, Lativian and the big, big Sherbian. And what else? Uh, that was awesome. So we also had Miami. They lost in Golden State, 115-108, because Jordan Poole had 32 off the bench. Miami were missing half their team. Uh, Portland, they beat Atlanta, which was pretty gnarly, 136-131. Trey Young had 56 with 14 assists. That's a career-high 56. But Atlanta, because they decide, uh, what do you want to do today? Do you want to play some defense? Nah, we're good. They lost because Anthony Simons, Anthony Penny Simons, had a career-high 43. He was fucking awesome. Uh, Minnesota, they beat the Clippers 122-104 as well because the Clippers stink. Memphis, they outlasted Cleveland. Uh, 110-106, huge win for Memphis on the road on a back-to-back. That was awesome. 26-5-6 for Jar. Just saying, making an MVP run. Wouldn't be surprised this year of all these weird years. Uh, Toronto kicked their shit out of San Antonio. 129-104, thanks to Fred Van Vito, the fight in Van Vliet's. 33-7 for him. The Knickerbockers outlasted the Indiana Pacers in the Reggie Miller Bowl. The Reggie Spike Bowl. You love that. 104-94. RJ... RJ Barrett had 32-8-3, and, and Julius Randle had 30-16. and 16. That was awesome if you're a Knicks fan. Horrible if you're an Indy fan. Phoenix, they beat the Pelicans. They were the Pelicans that day, 123-110, 33 for Booker. And the Lakers outlasted Sacramento, 122-114. Uh, in hilarious fashion down the stretch, you had Elvin Gentry, the coach of the Sacramento Kings, losing his mind about the refs and the scorekeepers, uh, and the timekeepers, rather, <clears throat> in LA about what the fuck was going on at the end. And then the same thing almost happened again today where they were inbounding the ball. They actually had a chance to win it and they started the clock early on him. It was almost like his home fucking team, like uh, clock operators, were trolling him. Fucking hell. Talk about old mate, no mates. Anyway, they lost that one, 31-5-5 for LeBron, outplaying Darren Fox, who's been on a tear at the moment. Uh, today, we had Charlotte kick the shit out of Detroit, 141-11. Oubre hit nine threes. He had 32. Philly beat the crap out of Orlando. Well, actually, they were losing to Orlando, and then they beat the crap out of Orlando, 116-106. That's five straight for Philly now, and beat with five straight 30-plus point games. Pretty crazy. You love to see that. Uh, well, actually, it was more like, yeah, Philly... Tried their hardest to not win this convincingly, and then they won it convincingly. You know what I'm saying? Houston beat Washington on that aforementioned KPJ. Kevin Porter Jr. game-winning three. 114-111. Washington, what are you doing? San Antonio beat Boston in wild fashion. 99-97 in Boston. DeJunte Murray just went to fucking work. He had 22-9-12 with three steals. Jalen Brown was amazing. He had 30. But then... Mr. Layup at the end after our man Rock'em Sock'em Block'em Jock'em Landale inbounding the ball after Derek White couldn't inbound it on the play prior. They burnt their final timeout. They're about to inbound it once more. Pop goes, oh, we'll give it to Jock. He's a good passer. He's also tall. He'll be able to get it. No, fuck. He's just handed it to fucking Jalen Brown. Five seconds left. Jalen Brown runs the length of the court, goes after the layup and misses. Time Lord hangs in the air as it comes off the fucking rim, pushes it back into the bottom of the rim, can't get it over the edge, and then time basically expires as Marcus Smart ends up with the rebound and throws it back up and also misses anyway. So absolute scenes in Boston. I don't know what the fuck happened with Josh. It's like 100% one of those passes that, you know, if you've played basketball, you you have one of these where you throw it, you're like, as it's left your fucking fingertips, you're like, 
Oh, I've just thrown it to that guy. He's not on my team. <laughs> and it sucks. Anyway, Brooklyn, they beat Indy 129-121 in the Lancelands make them dance-a-thon. This was awesome. This was a crazy game because the Pacers, on, in the second game of a back-to-back, they dropped 73 in the first half on the Nets in Kyrie's triumphant return. Fuck off. Lance ends up with 30. That's a career high with the Pacers. Sabonis, the Suvlaki King, has 32, 12, and 10 for his 10th career triple-double. But Brooklyn finished the game on like a 32-8 to eight run to take control of this game and just fucking salt it away. It was insane. KD, Kyrie. I think the biggest thing that you saw, though, is as soon as Patty Mills fouled out the other day, right? Like, this was the big problem with Brooklyn. Everyone's like, oh, shit. It's literally only Harden and Durant we have to worry about now that Patty's gone. You add Kyrie to that mix, suddenly you've just got shooters everywhere. You know, that's why you love Joe Harris on this team. That's why you love Patty Mills. And if you've actually got your, you know, your big three, if you're Brooklyn, you're actually fucking dangerous. And uh, that's what happened today. So there you go. Dallas, they beat Golden State. Talk about fucking insane runs to close out a game. This one was 99-82 in the end. It was 75-76 with eight minutes to go. Just think about that. What did I say? What was the final score? 99-82. That's a 23-7 run to finish it off for Dallas to win this game in Dirk's retirement ceremony. And I appreciate the balls of Cuban and the Mavs to go, yeah, look, we've been fucked over by the Warriors before when it comes to Dirk. The We Believe Warriors spoiled our fucking triumphant, you know, one seed run to the title in the first round in humiliating fashion. Send Dirk off into the fucking outback. If you don't know that story, look it up. And uh, instead, what we'll do, we'll play the Warriors and Steph and we'll have the jersey retirement after the game. That is putting a lot of fucking faith <laughs> in your team. Fucking winning. And they delivered when it mattered. It was awesome. Luca was doing some good shit. Brunson was awesome. Finney Smith was hitting shots. But you love that. It's a good win for Dallas to honor their greatest map ever. Milwaukee got beaten by Toronto. 117-111. Massive win from the Raps. But the Bucks, I mean, as mentioned, they didn't have uh, Mike Bulldozer. They didn't have Giannis. They didn't have Grayson Allen, George Hill, or Patty C. They're all in the protocols. And they waved Boogie Cousins basically after the game. So we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, see, they lost in Minnesota. Uh, was it 98 to 90? Bit of a tough one. Pat Bev hit five threes. Ant-Man was good. Cat had 17 and 16. And between Shea, Reddit, Gilgis, Alexander, and our man Gids, not enough for OKC. Utah outlast Denver 115-109. Uh, Denver just wouldn't go away. This was a crazy fun game. Denver at home. Boyan, though, 36, a career high for him. He smashed it. Career-high 13 rebounds as well. A bit of small ball that you saw from Utah today. Really fucked Denver up and uh, worked out pretty good. Miami, they went into Portland and beat them 115-109 because Portland were a rabble. And uh, Anthony Simons, he had 21 in the third quarter. Finished up with 28, though. That's the uh, <laughs> one of the Tobias Harris specials. The Ben Simmons special. He's got 10 in the first quarter. He has finished with 11. Uh, but, like, both teams obviously struggling without anybody. Uh, 26 for Norm, about 14 and 13 for the Bosnian Beast. You love that. Yusuf Nurkic, who also tried to rip off Tyler Hero's head after Tyler Hero made the very curious decision to try to fight the world's biggest Bosnian without realizing that he was about to fucking die. Tyler Hero, you massive dumb fuck, shoved him in the back because he had a big sook about basically running into a screen. And Tyler Hero just fucking snapped, shoved fucking Nurkic in the back. Nurks turned around and looked at him. And he's like, I'm going to backhand this little fucker into the, like into next Tuesday. And was held back just enough 
by, uh, was it Gabe Vincent, I think, or uh, Caleb Martin. Basically, just held Nurk back just enough so the slap misses. And uh, I'll tell you what, Tyler Hero should have had his hands up. If you're going to start a fight, you better be prepared for the fucking coming punch, idiot. Anyway, and then finally, Atlanta, they beat Sacramento 108-102 in hilarious fashion, as I mentioned, with uh, the clock, the the timekeepers trying to fuck Alvin Gentry one more time. So, there you go. Wild games, awesome games, some incredible performances. Let's do that in the NBA Australia. That's not a knife. NBA Australia approved performance of the night. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, that's a knife. How about, you know, a good 26, 21, and 11 for Joker today? Or Joel Embiid with his triple double, 31, 15, and 10 on Tuesday? How about Trey Young with the 56 and Anthony Simons with the 43 in response and the win? Or can I interest you in Russell Westbrook's first game since 2016 with zero turnovers? What? How is that possible? It is first time in 407 games for Rusty that he's out there going, oh, yeah, man, I guess I just won't turn over the ball today, eh? And everyone's like, hey, that seems like a good idea, Russell. And he's like, mm, yeah, all right. First time in 407 fucking games. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy, isn't it? I love it. Like, it was that weird game against the Kangs. And Rusty just goes out there, has himself a game where he ends up with 19 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and zero turnovers. Absolute scenes. But of course, I mentioned this one earlier, probably one of my favorite performances maybe ever was Lance Lance, make him dance. He got the air guitar out. He's back, born ready. The first pacer to ever have 20 points in the first quarter of an NBA game, but also the first player in NBA history to have 20-plus points off the bench in the first quarter. This was sick. Ends up with 30 points, 5 assists, shot 12 of 19 from the floor, 4 of 8 from downtown. It's only the second 30-point game of his career, but just the way he did it. He's on a 10-day hardship contract. Is brought in by the Pacers. The Pacer faithful fucker give him a standing ovation as he comes in. And in 2022, Lance Stevenson drops 30 points on the Brooklyn Nets. Amazing scenes. So take your pick out of all those awesome ones. And of course, uh, I can't let this one go by, but oh my God, Kevin Durant today against Indy. It's like Kyrie's back, Kyrie's back. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant had 39, 8, and 7. 39 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. He went 15 of 24 from the floor, 7 to 7 at line, and 2 of 6 from downtown. Wow. I'm just saying, MVP, MVP vibes. Of course, there was Kelly Oubre's 9-3 pointer effort where he ends up with 32 in that massive win over Detroit. That belly counts though because it was against Detroit. 33 for Pascal Sikkim-Siakam, and of course, the Suvlaki Kings, 32, 12, and 10 against uh, KD and the Cobra. Let's just give it to Lance. Fuck it. <laughs> I love it. Spud of the night. Spud, 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 spud of the night. Uh, how about Steph Curry the other day? That was pretty good. Nine points. Three of 17 from the floor. One of 10 from three. Ah, oh, that's just gross. Uh, so, yeah, Steph uh, today also backed it up. So, so Steph, that was the game that they actually won because Jordan Poole went off and they were playing Miami, who uh, have like half their squad. So he has a rough game in that one. 
And you're like, oh, it's okay. Steph would have two bad games in a row. Oh, no, he has. He's just had two bad games in a row, which is fine. Nine points in that one. Three of 17, one of 10 from downtown. He did have 10 assists. Today, however, he went one of nine from downtown. It's like he hit 3,000 threes and went, yeah, I'm good. I'll see you guys later. He's just gone two of 19 from downtown. It's like Tim Hardaway Jr. and he Freaky Friday. They, can we check that they didn't piss in the same fountain or something? Uh, anyway, ends up with 14 points today. Oh, Jimmy, that's not bad. He went 5 of 24 from the floor. Unbelievable. Five turnovers on five assists. And uh, it was weird because, like, the Mavs went on the run to finish the game when he sat, and it was just over anyway. So, yeesh. Uh, other spuds, I'll tell you what. RJ Hampton went 0 of 5 today. Patty Mills, obviously, the other day, I mentioned that 0 of 6, 0 of 5 from downtown. He started the game today 0 of 4, and then hit a couple of threes, though. Uh, Spindles Ingram, 3 of 18 yesterday. Danny Green, though. Danny, Danny Green gave us the second Tony Snell of the season. He put up a Snellzer. I love a good Snell. Zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero turnovers in 24 minutes. That's right, Danny Green was out there today for the Philadelphia 76ers just getting some cardio in. You love it. And of course, look, I don't like to have more than one Australian on Spud of the Night or rookies, but Jock Lander, one of six in his last game, brutal one, but that passed today. Whew. I can't imagine Pop was too excited about that. I'll tell you that much, Jock. But anyway, good on you, Jock. He was actually really, really good in that game, so can't shit on him too much. Who was old mate? No mates, however. Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Kyle Lowry got booted for the most bullshit of fucking tech fouls you'll ever see. He literally just sort of underhanded the ball back to the ref. And the ref's like, hey, I wasn't even looking. And got kicked out because of it. It's like, the ref, it's not your fault. The Kyle Lowry threw the ball and you turned your head at the wrong fucking time. How many times do I have to say this? Refs should get fined every time a tech of theirs gets rescinded. You know? That'll make you think fucking twice before giving out a bullshit tech foul because you're a fucking sissy who's like, oh, that one hurt my feelings. He threw the ball back at me too hard. He's not showing me enough for a spank. Shut up, sook. Blow it out your ass. Don't fucking foul out Kyle Lowry on that bullshit, you idiot. Seriously, that was his second tech, so he gets booted. That's so fucking dumb. Boogie! Also, old mate, no mates. Can't believe the Bucks are cutting him. Uh, so this one came out after today's game. It's like, yeah, look, you know, we really appreciate Demarcus. He's been awesome. We're more than happy to have him come back. We just kind of need the flexibility of a roster spot at the moment. So Boogie's just sitting there going, what? So all the production I've just put in is not worth... To you as much as a fucking empty roster. Fuck you. That's some definite old mate no mates. And of course, in Adam Silver's No Bloody Aussies NBA, the rookie ladder on NBA.com at the moment is Franz Wagner, number one. Number two, Evan Mobley. Number three, Scotty Barnes. Number four, Kay Cunningham. And somehow down at number five is the mop top mumber himself, Josh Giddy. What's Gid's got to do? All he's doing is kicking ass and taking names. How's he at number five? This is so much fucking bullshit. Look, Wagner's like putting up some numbers. Mobley's still coming back slowly. Scotty Barnes is filling up, you know, a little bit of everything. Kay Cunningham's doing okay. You can't tell me that Giddy on this horrible fucking Thunder team isn't doing more than most of those dudes. Come on. Give me a bit of fucking credit, you jerks. Anyway, uh, what else we got? Let's do uh, Pants of the Night. I enjoyed this one. Pants of the Night. Fatty, 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 fatty
It was Biz Smack Biombo. That's right, Biz Smack. He smacked that fucking backboard on uh, Brandon Spindles Ingram. But the pantsing of the night is probably Tyler Hero for almost basically having his block taken off by big Yusuf Nurkic Hello. Uh, with a backhand slap. When someone looks at you and goes, eh, I'm not even going to try to fucking swing on this guy. I'm just going to like slap him in the with the back of my hand. The disrespect. The disrespect. It is so much. Just so much disrespect. Ah, good on you, Nurk. I love it. Tyler Hero, blow it out your ass. That's a bit of a pantsing. And finally, oh no, we've got Dickhead of the Week as well, don't we? Let's just do better than Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I will tell you what, Anthony Simons, come on, 43 points. He smashed it. Lonzo went one of eight against Orlando. That's just brutal. So, <laughs> tough scenes. But Anthony Simons, that game was absolutely off the fucking chain because... I mean, as I mentioned, no one's really playing much defense in that game. It's Portland versus Atlanta. But the same token, you can only go out there and score as many points as you can. And that's exactly what Anthony Simons did. 43 points, 7 assists. He went 13 to 21 from the floor, 9 of 16 from 3, and a perfect 8 of 8 at the line. But of course, had the amazing, amazing dedication after the game uh, for his grandpa, who passed away, I think, the day before. So... Great job, Anthony Simons. An incredible performance. They get the win. He drops 43. He outduels Trey Young. Good job, Anthony Simons, today. You're better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week. It's just Kyrie. It's just fucking Kyrie. Oh, yeah, man. Look, you know about my vaccination status. Look, I fucking love it. I miss basketball so much. You know, I'm just taking this one day at a time, man, when when it comes to my vaccination status. It's like, Kyrie, you're a fuckhead. And if you love basketball this much, you love your teammates this much, then just get fucking vaccinated, you piece of fucking shit. That's all it is. It doesn't take much, you fucking sook. Blow it out your ass, you third-eyed dipshit. All right, let's go and do some yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, yeah, Nas are brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Night Brewing if you're in Melbourne. Look, summer, it's party time. There's also a shit ton of that Rona. So don't go to the bottle and get the Rona like an idiot. Bring the bottle to you with the dailyliquor.com. Bang in the code straight out. They'll also throw in a free six-pack for you. So if you're in the Melbourne metro area, boom, off you go. Thedailyliquor.com is your new best mate. Check it out. They've got wines, beers, cocktails, everything you need. Off you go. Bang in that code straight out. Get a free sixer on you, mate. Jimmy, metro Melbourne area, same-day delivery before noon. Free sixer on me with the code straight Right, let's do some here. Nah, I've got some good ones. Uh... Is Dirk the greatest Euro of all time? Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. He basically MVP, finals MVP, won a title, did everything. He was awesome. Absolutely loved it. 
And my favorite thing is just the way he did it, the overcoming of like <sighs> so much. Like, and there was actually moments I think in the Jersey retirement ceremony when you got 3D and dudes like that sort of on there going, "Well, yeah, this was like when everybody was saying that Euros was soft, and you had the Andre, you had the Bagnani experiment." And that's like basically them trying to, like the Raptors trying to draft the next Dirk. And it's like, ah, ugh, ugh. And this comes in a long line of Euros who weren't exactly the toughest dudes in the world. And it was dumb initially anyway, because the fact of the matter of like, you know, oh, Euros are soft was bullshit. But Dirk just fucking blew that shit right out of the fucking water, right? And I love it. The way he did it, just the sheer tenacity, the sheer talent. The sixth leading scorer of all time. So, yeah, he's the greatest Euro of all time. Is he the greatest international player of all time? Yeah, nah. Oh, I still want to give that to Kahim. Uh, to ah, I've had too much coffee today. <laughs> I can't even say today. Jesus, Hakeem Olajuwon. I still want to give that to the, you know, the most incredible international player of all time. Probably Hakeem because he was amazing. Uh, and sort of did everything. Won a couple of titles. Was just fucking wildly talented. Did everything. But yeah, Dirk is right there with him too. So I kind of love that. Uh, we have one from Scotty Baxter. Scotty Baxter is like, I believe, what do you say? I'm going to bring this one up. Uh, Zinger won't make the trade deadline, especially after that win today. Yeah, nah. <laughs> Extreme Zinger meal. Uh, I think, I think, I think. I just don't know if they'll be able to find the trade for him, right? Unless there's like a weird sneaky one out there we just don't know about. I just can't see that happening. So I think they end up stuck with him. I think they keep him. I think they keep trying to make the Luca and Zinger thing work. And I hope it works. Because, I mean, Luca and Zinger on the one team after you've retired Dirk's jersey, it's like if you needed a fucking kick in the ass. It's right there. Matty Owers, he asks, Jimmy, Rusty for most improved. Yeah, nah. <laughs> Ah, I love it. Rusty down to zero turnovers. That's bloody great. Uh, speaking of most improved, though, this is one of the uh, more annoying ones that we saw pop up the other day. Does DeMar DeRozan deserve most improved? Yeah, nah. No. Fuck you, Brian Scalabrini. Look, Brian Scalabrini is the one who's like, oh, well, you know, who should actually be up for most improved is DeMar DeRozan. It's like, I talked about how Jeff Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy, sometimes they're like mouth just like goes when their brain doesn't. Scalabrini's basically that like 98% of the time, and he sucks. Basically, that says to me, uh, tell me you don't watch any basketball outside of the team that you cover without telling me that you don't watch basketball outside of the team you cover, Scal. I mean, shit. Seriously, we talked about DeMar the other day. He's in line for fuck. He's in the top five for MVP. He's going to be all NBA. That's insane. But it's not that insane that he's improved to that degree because we know that he's fucking good. It's just that he's in the perfect situation now and it's like the perfect amalgamation of all of his talents are being allowed to shine perfectly. So most improved. Shut up, Scal, you moron. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Brad McKeegan, he asked, considering the top two youngest players to get triple doubles and next stars from the NBL, yeah, nah, the stocks of future next stars will start to rise. That's a good one from uh, Brad McKeegan. Because we sort of talked about this the other day on uh, Outback Takehouse. The NBL, like this is why Giddy won't win Rookie of the Year because Adam Silver's going to step in and go, nope, I have to protect my uh, 
G League Ignite fucking crew because I've put so much money into it. I can't let the NBL take my shine and have back-to-back rookies of the year and send everybody off to fucking Australia. So, uh, But I think they, I think every time that Giddy and LaMelo and the Rookie of the Year and the NBL get mentioned in the same conversation, yeah, the stocks of the existing next stars and the young dudes who might be stashed over here already or teams thinking about stashing someone over here, that definitely helps. So 100%, love that. Uh, what else we got? Jez Oz, he had a couple more other ones from last the other day that I didn't get to it. So uh, having Tim Duncan land on his lap in his second year as coach, along with some gambles paying off along the way, has meant that Coach Pop has been extremely overrated, proof being that since the big fundamental retired, he hasn't fired a shot. Any star that goes there seems to go backwards. Team USA was almost a debacle, and now that Patty Thrills is balling out, it's really showing him up as a one-trick pony. Yeah, nah. Look, I think Pop is also one of the first to sort of uh, acknowledge this, right? Where he goes, "What do I? What, what are the lessons from like you know of, of being a big coach? Have Tim Duncan be the first overall pick while you're coaching that team? I think is how he approaches it. So I kind of uh, I tend to agree though. Like you know me, you've heard this show fucking prattle on time and time again that the only person who could stop Patty Thrills, Patty Mills from shining in the NBA was Greg fucking Popovich. And I think we've seen that perfectly, right? I think Jez has actually sort of nailed it on the head a little bit there that overrated is probably a really good phrase to use because he was very, very good at pulling strings in a Phil Jackson kind of way, right? Like coming at basketball from a holistic point of view as well as a nuts and bolts point of view is one of those things that sort of sets all-time coaches apart from the rest of them, right? So Phil Jackson is right there. Popovich, obviously, same vibe. And what Pop did was at least see in Manu, in Tony Parker, in Tim Duncan, and obviously the Admiral, how to sort of use those talents really, really effectively. But at the same time, like, there were also... The fact that they drafted those dudes is testament to their eye for talent, to the entire like franchise's eye for talent. But I'm going to agree with this a little bit, like in terms of the actual sort of nuts and bolts coaching, the way they turned that 2014 team into a title team was absolutely incredible after the disappointment of 2013 for the uh, Spurs, right? Absolutely incredible. And the 2014 Spurs played some of the most beautiful basketball you ever see. That was pop and Kawhi, and Timmy D, and Tony P, Manu, turning their sort of game plan on a bit of a dime and just cranking up the absolute fucking insanity. And it was amazing. So that's a great mark. But I'll tell you what, ever since then, one big fucking question mark. Because there's always kind of like an air of underachievement about some of it. None of those other sort of players have popped like Kawhi. Popped. <laughs> like Kawhi. Yay. But like DeJunte Murray, we kind of knew that he was going to be good. He's doing stuff. Maybe in a year or two, this will look stupid. But I'll tell you what. The Patty Thrills thing just fucking gnaws at me and gnaws at me and gnaws at me. Because, yeah. You put the ball in his hands. You let him do stuff. Steve Nash kind of gets it. Former point guard MVP. He's just put in a better position. Pop. Never really quite realizing that kind of burns my fucking heart. So I'm going to go, yeah, with Jez. Anyway, <laughs> and the other one, with the success of the play-in tournament, the NBA should implement a reverse playoff by the remaining teams in each division for the number one pick, therefore making teams have to win uh, to get a bit of pick. 
I'm sure there will be teams stitched up at times. The Knicks, nice. But also add interest for fans and help to limit tanking. Yeah, nah, yeah. I mean, this is... When it comes to the play-in tournament and uh, the flip side of that, like, what do you award the play-in tournament with? Do you give them an extra playoff pick, uh, an extra draft pick, like number 31 or something? What do you reckon? And I think, yeah, I think the flattening of the odds to eliminate tanking is helping. But I really do think, like, an actual sort of back-end tournament would be fucking hilarious. But I think the tricky part's going to be, yeah, actually getting teams to participate. So, a <laughs> bit of a tough one. Oh, jeez. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Tell you what, that statue, I'm kind of here for it. Even if it's shooting anal beads, the Dirk statue is fucking gnarly. The same time... I kind of appreciate that it's like, oh, nah, we need to have, like, the ball. We'll have three balls. Why not just have, like, all the balls in an amazing trajectory? Like, how could we not figure that out? Cubes? Let's go. Why just three? Why not have, like, a bunch of balls in an amazing arc, like, for a perfect 18-footer Dirk one-legged step-back fadeaway? What are you doing? What are you doing? I kind of loved it. Thought you should have gone a bit step further. Have it as a rainbow. Has it a water feature? Off you go. Boom. But Dirk, just imagine how much better he'd even be in today's NBA. I'm just saying. Just imagine how many more points he would have had if he had been focusing on threes and like being a stretch center for like heaps of his fucking career. Just saying. And uh, finally, oh God, our back takehouse. It's Thursday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh yeah, two for one blooming onions. That's right, no prick knows what the fuck these things are. What are they? Deep fried onions made to look like a flower. You're taking the piss, aren't you? What the f- Anyway, two for one, only at Outback, and they go great with a flame grill take. And today's flame grill take is, Adam Silver made the Nets take back Kyrie as a part-time road player just in order to sideline Patty Mills' run at MVP. Only at Outback. I mean... Spot the lie. All right, we'll take a break and be back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Aussie Player, Australian Player Watch. Let's do it. Patty Thrills, Patty Mills. Uh, Not quite MVP vibes in that loss to Memphis the other day. Zero points on 0 of 6 shooting. 0 of 5 from downtown. One assist, though. Hey, Paddy's a shooter. Shooters shoot. Sometimes you miss shots. Uh, In the win over Indy today, though, he had 6 points. Ends up 2 of 6, both of them from 3. As mentioned, though, the the two threes, I think one of them was to give them the lead. And uh, another one was basically to stop it from being a massive blowout. I think there was basically... He was the difference between them being down about 18 and then getting it back to 15 and then uh, going from there. So... Big shots, I'm just saying. Five assists, three rebounds, one block and one steal for Patty. You'd love to see it. Jingles! Before he went into the COVID protocol, I was at that win against New Orleans the other day. 0 of 3 from downtown. Three points been off the uh, last couple of games. Anyway, 1 of 4 from the floor. Two points, six assists, one rebound and one steal. Aussie Matty T's in the COVID protocols again, as mentioned. Benny Simmons still suspended, still racking up those fines. It's a lot of money, Ben. Just think about all the kids you could have uh, helped with your uh, programs in Australia. I'm just saying, with that 10 million bucks. Uh, Josh Green, who's Josh Green? Josh Green's crushing it. Win over Denver, he played 17 minutes. He had six points, went three or four from the floor. 0 of one from downtown. One rebound, two turnovers. And in the win over Golden State today, played five minutes, he had zero points, but he had one assist. 
Josh Giddy. Giddy up. 14 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists and a steal today. He uh, went 2 of 4 from downtown and 6 of 11 in that loss to Minnesota. He's gone 5 of 9 from downtown in the last two games, though. You love that. And rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, Landau. And the loss to Toronto the other day, 22 minutes. He went 1 of 6 from the floor. I mentioned that. 0 of 2 from downtown, but he did have 4 rebounds and assists to go with these 2 points. And in the win over Boston today, despite that turnover, he did have 6 points and 2 rebounds. He went 2 of 2 from the floor and 1 of 1 from 3, as well as 1 of 1 at the stripe. Good on you, rock him, sock him, block him, jock him, Landau. Tell you what, that was a tough moment, though, watching that, <laughs> watching that fucking inbounds pass. Ugh. All right, really quick, Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It's the first Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber. Ah, oh, this one's got to go to Dirk. It's just, I wanted to mention Dirk. Just, I've already talked about how special he was, but to spend all 21 years of your uh, career with the Mavs, the most in uh, NBA history is awesome. But I'm not entirely convinced we give quite enough shine to his 2011 playoff run, right? Like, they beat the Blazers in six. They beat the defending champion Lakers and sweep them. That's Kobe and Gasol before Kobe has really fallen off a cliff. Uh, that's the Andrew Bynum fucking clotheslining, J.J. Barea series as well. And uh, Phil Jackson just going, yep, fuck this, I'm out of here, kind of vibes. Uh, they beat the Thunder in the Western Conference Finals with three future MVPs on that team, KD, Russ, and Harden. And then beat three future Hall of Famers in the Miami Heat. Absolute scenes, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. With a team that was like old-ass Jason Kidd, Jet Terry, Dirk, Sean Marion, Tyson Chandler, Deshaun Stevenson being huge. Paya, ah, oh, Paja, love him. Either way, what an awesome team, but what a fucking absolute incredible career Dirk had. And God damn, I love that uh, retirement ceremony because it was really just absolutely amazing. Like he had just one of, he was one of the most fun players to watch throughout his career. And uh, I mean, you don't spend like what, basically between 2001 and about 2000, like after that title, spending it like averaging pretty much like 24 points a game, you sort of eight, nine rebounds, shooting the shit out of it the entire time. You love to see it. Dirk was incredible. He was just one of the more, he, there was a real joy. To, like he just understood that he loved fucking playing basketball and like loved being around his teammates. He loved Dallas and that was fucking cool. So that's pretty great. Yeah. All right, really quick, Shane Hill, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award as well. He threw it down. Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Double barrel. Let's double barrel this one. I mentioned this, Trey Young, 56 points. He goes 17 of 26 from the floor. He had 56 points on 26 shots. That's insane. It's because he went 7 of 12 from three and 15 of 15 at the line. He also had 14 assists, which is insane. Anthony Simons with the 43 points. He had, what, 13 of 21 from the floor, as mentioned. 9 of 16 from downtown and 8 of 8 at the line. The old double barrel Shane Hill shooter shoot. And also an extra little bonus one. Steph Curry ended up with, uh, the calendar year of 2021 with 2,796 points, 499 rebounds, and 523 assists. Uh, the only other players to ever have 
2,700 plus points, 400 plus rebounds, and 400 plus assists in the calendar year are MJ and James Harden. Just saying, Steph Curry, pretty bloody good and a pretty good shooter. Right, what about the Patty Mills Game Day Bullet Game Day Twitter check-in? Ah, this one's just Joe Ingles. Jingles out there. Uh, I'll tell you what, Joey Ingles, in terms of supporting his teammates, being a fucking legend. So he has the old Coco today. We know that. And uh, we do, he's at least, you know, in the protocols. We don't know if he's got the Coco. But today just tweets out just a little bit of support uh, for his buddy and debutant with the old uh, Azubayuke. And Jingles is like, oh, guess what? Hell yeah, Doc. Yeah, Doc. Get him, Doc. And you kind of love that. He also had the uh, Ashley Bo Jingles 83. As an educator of kids' birth to three, I'm grateful for Joe Ingles and his voice for kids. I have kids on the spectrum, but I don't see that. I see the little milestones, like when they say a word for the first time. Brings me such joy and makes my job so much more worth it. Hashtag autism awareness. Jingles retweeted that with the old blue love heart. I mean, it's just cool. Like, Jingles is just a legend. And... I'll tell you what, to have somebody like uh, Joe Ingles out there going, hell yeah, yeah, Doc, yeah, Doc, for uh, our man Azubayuke today, <sighs> it's just cool. It's, he's just a legend. What a fucking cool guy. And I've got to imagine that Udoka Azubayuke probably appreciated it too. Nice one. All right, let's do some game previews for the weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How are the holidays going? Oh, bloody good. Uh, you know, even my parents are down here for a couple of days, which is fucking lovely. So, you know, chilling out. Uh, you know, plenty of tins, plenty of food. Oh, I'm just turning into a fat bastard this holiday, I'll tell you that much. It's what happens. Like, it's just been raining the last few days. So, Squid and I just hung out this morning, chilling, not ill. Fucking love hanging out with him. Anyway, today, uh, the last couple of days, we went 17 of 26 with our picks. It was fucking huge. So I think today we went 6 of 11, uh, but yesterday we went 5 of 5. Uh, yeah, 6 of 11 today, 5 of 5 on Wednesday. And against the spread, we went 6 of 10 on Tuesday. So, yeah, that's 17 of 26. So, bloody good, bro. Bloody good. Oh, that's some good picks, Jimmy. Yeah. Did you make some money? Oh, I made a little bit. So I was all right. I'll take that. <laughs> For the year, we're 318 of 556 picks, though. So pretty good. Friday, tomorrow's set of games are pretty fun. I'll tell you that much. We've got Boston at New York. Always a great one. Watch Fournier tear it up after he was a giant spud the other day. He was actually a spud of the night that I should have mentioned. Um, I think he had a 0, 1, and 2, and 1 in 22 minutes on 0 of 4 shooting in that win over Indy. Yeesh. Just got a bit overshadowed by the Danny Green, Tony Snelling. But uh, anyway... Uh, I'm going to take the Knicks plus a half point tomorrow. They're at home. Boston on a back-to-back against a... Having lost a tough game against the Spurs. Uh, actually, maybe I'll take Boston. Yeah, give me Boston. Um, oh, actually, it's in New York. Fuck it. Fournier and Kemba will rock up and actually play good. So give me... I'll keep New York plus one and a, uh, plus a half point. Basically, just picking the Knicks to win. Golden State go to the Pelicans. Uh, I'm going to take the Pelicans, I think, to win this one. Plus three and a half. Or maybe not to win it, but to cover. I think this is going to be a really close game. I think Steph finally breaks out of the shooting slump. But the Pelicans, look, if Spindles is there, if they've got Jonas Valanciunas, they can make this interesting. I think this will be really close. Plus three and a half. I'll take that for the Pals. Uh, but Warriors win. Same goes with Memphis hosting Detroit. Uh, the Grizzlies will win this. But Detroit, look. They've been playing teams tough. They've won against Milwaukee. I'll take the plus 11 and a half 
but Memphis will win that. It'll just be a little bit closer. Call it about an eight-point game or something. And then finally, Phoenix. They host the Clippers. I'm going to go the Suns minus 10.5 because they're going to ship pump the Clippers. Saturday, we've got the Spurs going to Philly. Uh, I think I'll take Philly at home against the Pop Spurs. That'll be six on the trot for uh, Philly. Milwaukee go to Brooklyn. Uh I'm going to have to say Brooklyn, I think, in that one. Milwaukee, just a little bit wobbly if uh, we've got non-COVID illness for Giannis. Middleton, I think KD is just going to go off on this one. Just a bit of revenge for losing Game 7. He might drop a 50-burger, so keep an eye out for that one. Give me Brooklyn. Utah, go to Toronto. I'll take the Jazz. They're a little bit wobbly at the moment. Toronto are looking really good, but I think the Jazz might just... Uh, have enough in them to win that one. Washington go to Chicago. The Bulls should be okay there. Dallas go to Houston. The Mavericks should... Uh... It's a tricky one. The Mavs against a team like Houston. Small ball sort of center. A bit tricky, but I think Dallas will have enough. So give me the Mavs. Minnesota go to OKC. Bit of a re- uh, rematch. Love that. I think I'll take Minnesota again too. It's just Cat gives them too much fucking hassles, you know? Denver, they host Sacramento. I'll take the Nuggets. Atlanta go to the Los Angeles Lakers of Los Angeles, California. That's going to be a great game. Trey versus Rusty. Who's going to play defense in this game? Nobody! Give me the... The Lakers. I'll take the Lakers. Yeah, I'll take the Lakers. And uh, then we've got Cleveland. Cleveland go to Portland. And the Cavs will win that. Sunday, we've got Memphis at the Clippers. Oh, jeez. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Give me Memphis. I think they're going to kill the Clippers. That's a 7.30 a.m. start, Eastern Australian time. Charlotte hosts Milwaukee. Milwaukee on a back-to-back. I might have to take Charlotte. Holy shit. Can the Bucks lose a couple in a row? Fuck, that'll be like four in a row. Uh, Detroit, they host Orlando. I think I'll take the Magic. As long as they've got Franz Wagner and Cole Anthony healthy, I think they should be too much there for Detroit. Even though Detroit got past them with the... Uh, not worst record. Utah, they take on Indy in Indy. I'll take the Jazz and the Knicks go to Boston. So it's the oh, home and home for Knicks Boston. I think I'll take Boston at this one in home. I think they split that series. Either Boston win both of them or Boston win in Boston. You know what I'm saying? Phoenix, they host Miami. Phoenix will win that because Miami just too banged up. And then finally, Monday, we've got a 4 a.m. start for Brooklyn hosting San Antonio. I think I'll take Brooklyn there. Spurs just on this road trip. They just looked a bit fucky of late. I'm just saying. It was a good win today against Boston, but otherwise, yikes. Uh, Brooklyn. Atlanta, they go to the Clippers. Well, they stay in LA to play the Clippers, having just played the Lakers. I think I'll take Atlanta in that one. I don't like it, but I will. Washington, they play Orlando. I'll take the Wizards. New Orleans go to Toronto. That'll be Toronto winning that one. Just too many weapons, especially on the wings for Toronto. Minnesota, they go to Houston after beating OKC, according to me, the day before, or two days before. I'll take the Timberwolves. Yeah, that'd be interesting though. Minnesota Houston's actually a pretty good matchup. Denver, they go to OKC. I'll take the Nugs. Maybe we get another triple double there for uh, our man Gids against the big Joker. Chicago go to Dallas. This is a tasty matchup. Not only is it a great uniform matchup, blue versus red. Let's do it. Great, great, great matchup. I'm going to take Chicago. I think just a bit too much vooch. But then the big one Golden State hosting Cleveland. This is going to be on TV. Clay Thompson may be back. I'm going to take the Warriors. If Clay's back, it's going to be fun. Give me the Warriors. Sacramento, they go to Portland. They should win that one, the Kings. And Memphis, they play the Lakers in LA, having played the Clippers two days prior. Well, the day prior, sorry. And uh, I might have to take... I'm going to take Memphis. I think Ja can beat LeBron again. Because Memphis are good and the Lakers are not. And there you go. That's it. That's it. That might be it for the holiday shows as well. We don't know. Look, um, with all the Rona going on in Melbourne... 
shit, we might be down here in uh, Lawn for like an extra couple of days. We don't know yet. Uh, so if we do stick down here, uh, I'll probably... I'm going to do a Monday show regardless. I might not do a Tuesday show. I'll keep you all on top of that, though. But I reckon we'll be back in Melbourne. Uh, we'll see how we go. Either way, uh, keep your eyes peeled on the old socials, Twitter, Face IG. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. We're chopping it up each week about the NFL. You know, that's what we do. Good one this week. Really long show. I was shit-faced by the end of it. <laughs> Adam with World Wrestling Australia over on YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, follow FWCIE on Twitter for links to all of the good shit that he does. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check out the rating and review on your podcast app. Go to manscaped.com. Use that code STRAYA. Start the new year right with some nice, nice fresh balls. 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYA. Thedailyliquor.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get a free six-pack and download the Knowable app from Knowable from your app store, whatever. Bang in the code STRAYA and you get 20% off getting smart. Big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. They're up and running out of time. is the best and uh, also, thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green Green Green, and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, and remember, NBA Australia Sports Australian Bands, go vote for the Ramshackle Army in the uh, Hottest 100, whatever you have to do. And there you go. Awesome. Well, we'll finish this week off with a uh, throwback cooking with Bainsy for you, just to uh, have a bit of a laugh, why not? And we'll catch you on Monday, I guess. Hopefully, you know, who knows where we'll be. We'll either be in Lawn or back in Melbourne. Dunno. Might be another holiday show. These have been a bit loose, a bit fun, whatever. But either way, we'll catch you then. Have a good weekend, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves and later who's in now. Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a socially distanced live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bains. <laughs> G'day. G'day, yeah. <laughs> Look at you all there. All nice and separated. Oh, I love having a live audience back. This is bloody great, isn't it? Oh, there's Cheryl. Hello, Cheryl. Look at you. Oh, you happy to be here. Oh, that's bloody great. Anyway, yes, welcome back to Cooking with Bainsey. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Bainsey. Uh, just recuperating from fall and stuff and everything, but still out here chefing for you. And that's what we're here for in this here episode. I've been learning some new cooking techniques, and this one is an absolute bloody ripper. I'll tell you what, because today we are going to whip up one of my absolute favourites. It is an absolute delicacy, no matter where you go in the world, you can have whenever that iconic classic. It's good for brekkie, lunch, dinner, midnight snack. That's right, it's steak. That's right, bloody steak. That's right, I love me steaks. I'll tell you what. And you can follow along with my cooking method because it's easy as, mate. It definitely helps keep up this physique, if you know what I mean. Protein, baby! There you go. So, it is bloody simple, isn't it? All you got to do is go down to your butcher. His name's probably Vasily. Ask him to go, look, Vasily, give me two bloody steaks. And you go, what What type of steak? And you're like, doesn't matter. 
Just whatever tickles your fancy facility. None of that Wagyu bullshit nonsense. Just give me two good-looking steaks. Two good bloody steaks. Now, make sure you've got a barbie. Some oil and some salt and pepper. And that's it. Fire up your barbie. Get her nice and hot. There you go. There you go. A bit of oil. bit of oil. Then season your steaks ever so lightly with a bit of salt and pepper. Just a bit of a pinch. There you go. And then grab your steak. Bang it on. Now, don't fucking touch it. None of it. Leave it alone. Don't fucking fiddle with it. Just sit back, grab a tin, and three and a half minutes later, flip that fucker over. There you go. There you go. Hey. Now, leave it alone again. Don't fucking touch it. You heard me. You fuck. don't touch it. Simple as three and a half more minutes, and look at that. There you bloody go. Look at this one. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to get stuck. Oh, but you can't. You've got to let it rest for five minutes. Let it sit there. Let it hang out. And that'll be perfectly medium if you want it. You can go rare if you want. You can go hardcore if you want. But either way, that, my friends, is Bob's your fucking uncle, isn't it? Look at it. It's an absolute ripper of a brekkie lunch or dinner. Fucking good old steak. Ah, oh, it's just bloody delicious. Oh, and look, I'm just going to get stuck with this one now. I will. <laughs> That'll dead shit and press the shillers. Don't you worry about that. Oh, if you know how to cook a steak, you're a long way ahead in life. That's all I know. And if you want to get fancy, have some veggies with it if you want. I love a bit of potato salad. Whip that up. I think we've done one before. So go check that out. It's fucking unreal. All right, how easy was that? Get stuck into it. Do it at home yourselves on your own barbie. You'll bloody love it. Learn how to cook a steak. And everybody will bloody respect you. All right, tune in to NBA Australia next time for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.